So I will speak to you guys for about 20 minutes. It won't be long, but I really feel like what we're going to talk about today is going to help you so much. We're going to stay kind of within the theme here of families and, 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 and camp experiences, but just really the family. And so what I want to talk about today, the title of the message is Honoring Families. And so did you guys actually know that insanity is hereditary? That we catch it from our children. (laughs) And everybody said amen. And that's all I really want to say today. No, I'm just joking. There was a teacher who stood up in front of her class and she had her lesson prepared and she knew what she was going to talk about, but she wanted her students to guess. And so she gave her students a few clues. She says, what I want to talk about today is well, it starts with an M, and it picks up things. And this student just raised his hand right away and says, a mother. And she said, no, magnets. But <laughs> it is one of those things, isn't it? Being a parent, being in a family, feeling these feelings, experiencing these things. I, I, th- I find it funny that the advice that I rejected as a child is the advice that I'm now giving to my children. There's all these commandments in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there's 10 commandments that God gave Moses. And the fifth commandment that God gave Moses was honor your mother and your father. And did you know that it is the first commandment where a promise is then followed and attached to it? It says, honor your father and mother. And if you do, you will live a long life life. Honoring families. Maybe you're here today and you are a mother or a father and you also have a mother and a father. Well, this message will double bless you today. So how do you honor your families? Four real simple things I want to give you this morning on how to honor your family is number one, you must accept them. That's right. Sometimes we have children born to us, and they're not exactly the picture that we drew as a child in our journal or in, or in Sunday school or in your class one day. But the family is different than you expected. The child is different than what you expected. Your situation has, has be, is different than you thought it would be when you were a child growing up. But I believe, number one, to honor your family is, first and foremost, just simply accept them. Proverbs twenty three twenty two says, Listen to your father who gave you life. Children, teenagers, there's teenagers in the room today. Honor your father and your mother. Listen to your father. That's what Proverbs 23 verse 22 says. So we want our teenagers to accept us as their parents. And it can be hard for teenagers, can it? Don't you remember being a teenager? But also parents, how we need to accept our children as well and accept them into the family. Number two on how to honor your family is simply appreciate them. That's right. Really show appreciation to your family. I believe, and not only believe it, but I know it for a fact, especially these days, it's costly to raise children. It is actually expensive. 
You remember then when, when you no longer had to buy diapers anymore and you looked at your bank account and it was happier and so were you? It's expensive to raise children. It's, it's grueling at times. It's, it's a full-time job. Have you ever been a parent and you were actually afraid to go to sleep because of what might happen when you close your eyes? It's a grueling experience. There was a, a little boy who did some chores around the house. He made his bed. He cleaned his room. He put his dishes in the sink after dinner, and he handed his mother a bill for $10. And she thought about everything that she had done for her kids over the years. Took care of them when they were sick, (laughs) $10,000. Packed their lunch every single day for years and years on end. Let's just make that another $10,000. Laundry, you cleaned their room, you picked up after them, and she handed her son a bill back, and it just said, I love you. And that's what really being a parent is all about. It, it really does cost us something. There was two fathers talking about what it was like to have all these children in their house. And one father finally spoke up and said, it's nice having these kids around. Somebody helps me with my iPad and with my computer. But fathers and mothers, we must appreciate our children and love them way more then they love us and appreciate them a whole lot more than they even appreciate us. Number three, we must acknowledge them. Acknowledge them. This one maybe might be a little bit more for the teenagers. Have you ever taken your children out for the greatest day of their entire life and not one of them said thank you? Just about every single time, huh? And you ever taken your children out for an expensive time? Maybe you spent thousands of dollars on plane tickets and thousands of dollars at Disney World, and you you lost some minutes on your life with stress and lack of sleep, and at the end of it all, they're crying. That about sums up being a parent. Unfortunately, there are some families that don't honor each other and don't love each other, and the only time they express honor to their parent is at the funeral by giving a eulogy. But families, we don't have to fall into that category today. We could change that today by just simply making a decision to honor your family. Number four, and how to honor your family, well, it's real simple but profound, is by not abandoning them. One mother was talking about her daughter to another bunch of other mothers around their table, and she said, my daughter is really independent. She lives completely alone inside my house. (laughs) A father said to his teenage daughter who was going on a date, he said, you must be home by 11 p.m. And she complained and whined back at her dad and said, dad, I'm not a child anymore. And he said, exactly. That's why you're going to be home by 11 p.m. Because parents, we're not dumb, are we? We know what can happen if it gets too late at night. And so I believe it's so important that parents, children, that, that we not abandon one another, that, that teenagers don't just isolate yourself away in your room all day alone, away from your family and away from your parents, but, but come together together 
nightly and daily and maybe even hourly to just check in on, on one another. You know, children hate that parents always have to repeat things to them. But children, if you just did it the first time, we wouldn't have to repeat a single thing, would we, parents? When Mark Twain was a young boy, 14 years old, he said this, my father was so ignorant I could barely stand him, but now that I'm 21, I can't believe how much he's learned in just seven short years. Children should honor their parents, but really I believe parents should live a life worth honoring. One day some children were playing in their bedroom And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just terrible screaming coming from the room. And so the mother jumps out of the chair and runs into the room and says, what's the matter? And the children respond, no, nothing. We're just playing a game called mommy and daddy. How do you talk around your children, parents? How do you you act around your children, parents? If you're struggling to... Control yourself around your children and behave yourself and live a life worth honoring in front of your children. What you can simply do is just look to your heavenly father as an example of what you should look like and talk like and act like. I love what 1 John 5.14 says. It says, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. There was one boy who said, home is the greatest place because you can say whatever you want and nobody ever listens to you. And I believe, parents, it is one of our duties to simply just listen to your children. It seems to be getting harder and harder to listen these days. There's distractions with the cell phones in our pockets and the iPads on the tables and the computers in the office and the TV in the family room and the TV in the bedroom and the TV in the basement and the TV in the mudroom and the TV in the other room. And if we're not careful, we'll be so attached to a screen or an object in our pocket that we have an actually very difficult time just simply Stopping and listening to what our children are saying. Proof that we hear our children is that we are patient with them. A very worn out father said to his son, while in a low moment, worn out and tired, he said, well, when Winston Churchill was your age, he would go to school all day, work on, uh, do his work at night, and he still get his homework done. And the boy responded back to his father, well, when Winston Churchill was your age, he was prime minister of England. And parents, we must be careful to pin our children down or try to force them into something that we aren't even there yet doing ourselves. I believe one of the greatest things a parent can do for their children is raise them in the house of God. When you give your children roots in the house of God, you know what it does for them? It gives them wings for later in life. Giving them good roots allows them to sprout wings. God simply shows his love toward us with affection, affirmation, and attention. And parents, we should give those same things to our children. Give your children affection. 
Give your children affirmation. Give your children attention. I've got three kids. A few of them love to give me kisses and hugs. They love to sit on my lap. And then I got another one that could care less about affection. But I make him kiss me anyway. And I make him sit on my lap. And I, and I, I make him cuddle with me. And you know what? Deep down inside, he loves it. Parents, it's important that not only we give our children affection and affirmation and attention, but you know what we must do as well, parents, is we must also discipline our children. Hebrews Hebrews 12, verse 6 says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. I've got a dog, and I've got three kids, and I would never let my dog run around outside unleashed. I always tie up my dog. But you know what else I do sometimes? I let my kids run around loose. I think it probably should be the other way around. It's just a dog. Just let it go. But my children, they're more important than my dog. Sometimes I get convicted that I tie up my dog, but I let my children just run loose. And parents, we can make that same mistake too, can't we? is that we pay more attention to tying our dog up, but where are our children at? What are they doing? What are they watching? Who are their friends? What are they doing laid out at night? Who are they with? Where are they at? What are their conversations like? Let's pay more attention to our children and a little less attention to our dog. Sometimes parents will spend a lot of money to figure out where our genealogy has come from. Have you seen this? Have you seen all these, you know, 23 and me and where am I? Where is my heritage? Where did I come from? We'll spend all this money trying to figure out where we've come from, but we won't take the time to know where our kids are currently at. Let's not be that kind of parent. Let's give our children life. Let's give our children love. Let's, let's give our children laughter. Let's be fair with our children. Let's be firm with our children. Let's have fun with our children. Can we do that? Psalms 27 verse 10 says this, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Give to your children what God is giving to you today. A a close relationship, a a fun, firm, a foundation in your life. He's that firm foundation for you, isn't he? Give that same thing to your children. They say unresolved resentment is the number one destroyer for families these days. Just last weekend was Father's Day, and there was a video that went viral over the Father's Day weekend. There's a basketball player. His name is Devontae Murray. He's currently a basketball player on the San Antonio Spurs. And there was a video that went viral over the weekend of Devontae Murray giving his father a truck. But it wasn't the act of the gift that made the video go viral. It was the message that he attached to the video. And I'll read you that message right now. He said this, we had our differences for almost seven to eight years. And I just want a relationship with my dad before it's too late. And not having one of us living with regrets of not being a man and fixing the problems we had. I love you, Dad, more than you will ever know. And I thank you for taking ownership on why you weren't there as much as I wanted you to be as a kid. 
But what matters is focusing on what's right, and that's fixing our son-father relationship right now. Happy birthday and happy early Father's Day, and I hope you love the truck, King. Let me encourage you today to give up the anger and give up your need for revenge Romans 12, verse 18 says, Do all that you can can to live in peace with everyone. Did you know that forgiving others restores the bridge of God's forgiveness to you? Look at this in Matthew 6, verse 14. It says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. The enemy desires that our families would be completely divided today. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says this, Let us not neglect our meeting together, which is what we're doing today, today, and you do as a family. You meet together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus said that before I return... The world will get worse and worse and worse. It'll be as it was in the days of Noah before my heavenly father flooded the entire world. And we know if we can look back and study the days of Noah, the world was full of violence. It was full of sin, division, anger. Does that describe our world today? So the world's getting colder and colder and colder, but when you gather together, you can stay warm. A number of years ago, I would do a yearly camping trip in February in eight hours straight north in Canada. I would camp in the the snow, and I would ice climb and hike during the day. And you know what? Some days we would wake up and it would be minus six degrees on our thermometer. And you know what you want to do when you're that cold? You just want to get close to somebody. And thankfully that day my wife was there. Because I was tired of cuddling with dudes all the years before. But as the world gets colder, how much more important is us to begin to meet together? Families, now is not the time to be separated and divided and with, with unforgiveness and, and revenge deep within you. But no, 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 now is the day to build a bridge. Now is the time to reconcile. Now is the time to forgive. Now is the time to be the man in the relationship or the woman in the relationship to take the first step and offer that olive branch and say, I, I want to restore this relationship back to what we once had. I'm tired of the division and the fighting. I forgive you. We must come together. Hmm. I want to close with this, and then we'll be dismissed. There was a man who committed a horrendous crime, and he was caught. And his process came up where he was before the judge, and his sentence was about to be given to him as a convicted criminal. And the judge sentenced him to life in prison without parole. And he couldn't believe it. He was shocked. And he, with, with one last 
opportunity to somehow maybe fix this situation, he spoke up in front of the judge and said, but, but what about all the good things I've done? And the judge said, today, my job is not to look at the good things that you have done to determine your future, but my job is to look at the crimes that you've committed to determine your future. His good works were not on trial, but his sins and mistakes were. And did you know that when you move from this life and you pass on and you go to the next life, your good works are not on trial, but your sins and your mistakes are. And you'll be sentenced to eternity And if your bad works are real bad and you do not believe upon Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you'll be sent to a place called hell. And you might speak up just like this criminal said and said, but God, what about all the good things I've done? And he'll say exactly what this judge said. You're not on trial for the good works you've done. You're on trial for all the sins that you've committed. But there's actually good news here here this morning is because your good works won't get you out of hell but also your good works don't get you into heaven so what do we do here how do we make sure that when we pass on from this life to the next life that we're headed to the right place and we're accepted by our heavenly father well there's only one thing that Jesus that God will accept as a ticket into the kingdom And that's if you've believed upon upon Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You see, just as if your good works won't get you out of hell and your good works won't get you into heaven, we don't rely on our good works to somehow amount to something to earn us something. It's like trying to go to the gas station and filling up the gas tank and walking inside and handing them a stick of gum to pay for gas. It's an unaccepted currency. The cashier will say, Thanks for the gum, but you owe me $155. And see, some of us are trying to pay our way with the currency that is unaccepted by God. What is the currency that he accepts? How do you pay for all the wages of your sins? It's the blood of Jesus. He's paid it all. That's the wages. There's wages that you owe. You, you owe something at the end of this life, and you'll have nothing to give. So what do you give? You say, oh, I believe. Oh, 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 God, I know. I believed upon your son that his blood washed away all my sin. I believe in him. And God say, oh, yes, that's my daughter. That's my son. Welcome to the kingdom. You see, That's what God's looking for today from his children, his belief upon his son. Because the Bible says the only way to the father is belief in the son. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to make the greatest decision of your entire life is to become a child of God, is to believe upon Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Such a simple prayer that I want to lead you in. Many of us have prayed this prayer before. Some of us prayed it as a child, as a teenager, or a young adult, or even later into our adulthood. But we've all prayed it at some point. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed this simple prayer. I want to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer right 
now. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes today. And just repeat after me if you want to pray this prayer for maybe the very first time or maybe you want to recommit your life to your Heavenly Father today as a way of restarting your relationship and restarting your commitments and restarting your journey today. I would love for you to do that as well. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe in you. And I say thank you for coming to this earth, living a perfect life, dying a criminal's death, and that your blood washed away all my sins. And I thank you, Jesus, for rising from the dead so that I will rise one day and be where you are at. And I commit my life to you. From this day forward, I live for you. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you guys give yourself a big round of applause for praying that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want to direct your attention to a Connect card located in the seat right in front of you. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or you recommitted your life to the Lord today, please, please, please take just a moment, fill out that card, and you'll see that there's a few little boxes on there where you can say, I gave my life to Jesus for the first time, or I recommitted my life to Jesus today. Because if you fill out that card, as you head out into the yard today to join your stu- your kids, there's a, there's a guest table right outside these doors. And we've got a team of amazing people who want to give you a free gift today just for praying that prayer with me. Maybe you're a first-time visitor today or a second-time guest today at church. Let our team at the table know who you are because they got a gift for you as well. Doesn't that sound wonderful? So glad that you came to church today. We'd love to see you back here next Sunday or maybe this Wednesday. We got awesome kids ministry happening this Wednesday with the yo-yo team. We got our student ministry happening with our teenagers. We got breakouts for the adults. It's really going to be an amazing Wednesday service this Wednesday. So you're all invited out. We'll see you Wednesday. We'll see you Sunday. You're officially dismissed. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye.